Hey, and welcome to the Furnace Podcast. To know us, we are a YWAM community based by the sea in the beautiful city of Tauranga, New Zealand, where our vision is to equip you for a sustained life of intimacy with God, leading to an eternal impact in the world around you. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome to the Furnace Podcast. Uh, so good to have you back in for another edition. I'm joining the studio today. Just going to jump straight in. Got the handsome man himself, most <laughs> handsome man in YWAM Furnace <laughs> and uh, leader of YWAM Ships Aotearoa, Mr. Martin Emmett. Oh, Jimmy. And uh, good to, good back, to have mate. you on, bro, Marty. Thanks, bro. I just want to, for the listeners, though, you need to understand James Dixon is the best looking man in YWAM Furnace. So I just want to correct that straight away, mate. Got large information looking up to you, Marty. <laughs> Misinformation on this podcast, guys. I'm just... <laughs> Can we get the fact checkers out, please? <laughs> How good. Fake news. Yes. Fake news, Marty. Totally fake news, bro. <laughs> You're gaslighting me now, bro. Just throw all the classic <laughs> statements out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, rascals. All oh, right, good. we better jump in. Let's um, do it. Mate, we had, so we had you on another podcast where we intended to tell the story, but we actually kind of just got... Got a little distracted, didn't we? Oh, Marty, I'm just so infatuated with you that I just got caught up listening to your story. But uh, part of your story is Wawam Ships Aotearoa, and we really mm. wanted to... We'd be meaning to do it. So yeah. here we are. Here we be. We're finally in it. And, um, yeah, I really wanted to hear just more of what is the, the wider story of Wawam Ships Aotearoa. So I guess firstly... Mm. Bring our listeners in. What is YWAM Ships Aotearoa? And what's its purpose? How did it begin? Yeah. And yeah, really just those main awesome things. What things. is it? What's its purpose? And, and and how? what are the humble beginnings? Yeah, so humble. I mean, so let me even step back from that one step. Like, so YWAM Ships, I mean, there's been ship vision in YWAM since the early 60s. Eh? Like, it's been a long-held dream and the mission of using ships to engage isolated peoples using ships, you know, really led through compassion. I mean, we see Jesus do some of his greatest miracles in compassion, eh? Like he's so driven by compassion. Yeah. So it's been a long-held dream in the mission. Uh, and actually in the YWAM story in the early 70s, the first ship YWAM tried to acquire became this, yeah, it wasn't a great story, so we won't talk about that. It didn't end well. But then it, the Lord taught YWAM a lot through that. It's actually held YWAM. That story uh, really has held our international family together actually in so yep. many ways so yeah so we've inherited this incredibly complex beautiful story so YWAM ships Aotearoa our, our purpose is to empower a healthy future for the Pacific uh, and really the the reason behind that is so many layers to it but the word empowerment for us is important because we don't want to just be an aid organization that does deliver services totally but doesn't change things like yep. we want to See transformation in individuals, families, and communities. Love that. And then health is so important because you know it is one thing to fix someone's teeth or diagnose an illness or give glasses or give education. But yeah. uh, we've really done a lot of study around the indigenous view of health. So in 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 Maldedum, you know, Tangata Whenua, the indigenous people of New Zealand, are beautiful. People here in our nation, uh, the, the gold standard in Māori term, Te Māori, is what they call Te Whara Tapawha, which speaks of the four walls of health. Yep. So within their yep. culture, they talk about true health, holistic health, has to engage these four aspects, with, yeah. with one of them being spirituality. Yep. 
And so what we find in indigenous cultures, through the Pacific especially, that's true everywhere. So for us, when we say empower health, empower health, it actually has to involve physical, yeah. emotional, yeah. but also spiritual. Because if you don't meet people where they are, you actually do them a disservice. So really for us, our big vision totally. is to empower a healthy future for the Pacific. Like what, how can we see young islanders from isolated villages get a greater vision for their life? Totally. You know, that it's all encompassing, that's connected to their identity as children of God and, and, and give them a vision that far surpasses what they were raised in. Like there's just so much more. And sounding I think like a modern day general William Booth. Come on, it's what we need, bro. <laughs> I mean, I mean that was the Salvation Army's original intent, love wasn't the it? Salvation Army, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I think that, that that's you... the story in why when we see uh, the amount of Pacifica people that have pioneered works in unreached hard places in mm. Waiwem, it's incredible, man. Yeah. Like there's islanders all over the place yeah. that have done really amazing work, pioneering works in really hard places. And they're just phenomenal missionaries. And their stories are all really similar. Yeah. So I just think we're believing for a new wave of that and why we're. That's awesome, right? Mm. So that's all part of the vision, empowering a healthy future for the Pacific. Uh, so for us as YWAM Ships Aotearoa, how the story really launched was in uh, 2019, uh, February 4th, 2019, which is a significant day for us at Furnace. I mean, that was a day we launched our first worship album, in-house worship album, uh, and on that night, it was a Monday night, we gathered, a night our community will never forget, we gathered, launched that album, and, but the launch party was an actually recording night for the second album. We had 200 and some people gathered in a real small auditorium, hot, stinky, sweaty night, and had one of the most wild nights of worship yep. as we launched the first album, recorded the second album. But it was on that day the Lord chose to offer YWAM a new ship. So we actually look back on that day as quite significant, like just the way the Lord weaved that all yeah, together. Yeah. So Claymore 2 was gifted to YWAM. took about five, six weeks to get the paperwork sorted. And that just catalyzed this journey of what do you do with a 48-meter container ship when you don't have any crew, any staff, any funding, any database? What do you do? And so it just became this wild journey of catching up with God's desire to serve isolated people in the Pacific. And that's honestly been the last four and a half years, running to keep up with God, the heart of God for isolated people. Totally. Was mm. the ship's ministry on your radar before? Oh, bro, no. It was It was off my radar, intentionally chosen to not be on my radar. Like I was so not interested in getting involved. But that's a whole other story, Jimmy. Let's not fall down that rabbit hole because no, no, oh, no, we'll no. get lost, totally. bro. But just so those listening, so, so who gave us the Claymore too? So... Uh, our dear friends Nigel, Nigel and Brenda Jolly uh, from Stony Creek Shipping here in Tauranga, phenomenal. They've become real friends, mentors. Um, so good, man. Just a real patron of what we do. We love those guys a lot. Absolute legends. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They're really, really awesome. So good, bro. Mm. And so that just kind of spiraled into what has now become YWAM Ships Aotearoa. Yeah, bro. And the vision has kind of followed... Yeah, the leadership of the Lord just dumping all 100%. this. 100%. <laughs> yeah, in your it's hands. been wild, man. It's been absolutely wild. So good. So 2019 hit. Then mm. where did it go from there? So, yeah, so we, we managed to scrape through 2019. We had to go, you know, with ships, uh, you've got a, with ships, you have a five year survey cycle. So every five years, the ship has to come out of the water and go through a survey. So there's midterm survey and full term survey. So literally, we got given the ship in March. 
that year we had to get the ship out of the water and do the midterm survey. So suddenly we're looking at 100, I think it was 150 grand bill with no money in the bank. And we had to get to from Tauranga to Littleton in the South Island to go up out of the water there. And so it just became this wild ride of trusting the Lord, God bringing people. Suddenly you know, money started coming in. Uh, so we were all guns blazing. Then the hope, <laughs> our missionary zeal was to get the ship out to the Pacific in 2020. So we were looking at like an April departure. Didn't have any crew. Yeah, we didn't really realize how much work our ship needed. <laughs> um, it wasn't ready to go. Like yeah. it just was not ready. Yeah. And then obviously March, whatever, end of March, COVID locks the world down, right? And that put the brakes on everything. Yeah. And actually that next, which actually in that moment was really terrifying. Like it actually, for me at that point, I, my, my title was New Zealand Operations Manager. I was, it was a different leadership structure at that point. Um, yeah, initially the ship was received into YWAM ships Aotearoa, but it's really technical. But we were actually led out of YWAM ships in Kona, Hawaii. Brett and Karen Curtis up there, who are Kiwis from, Tarongwana. Uh, but they lead YWAM ships in Kona. They actually received the ship, felt to receive the ship. So one of the greatest examples of leadership I've ever seen, to be honest. They yeah. felt to receive the ship, but the Lord said it's not for them. But they're to receive it, steward it. It's for YWAM in New Zealand. Wait for someone to stand up and take leadership of it. So the whole time they were just holding the ship going, it's not for us, it's for someone in New Zealand, but we'll hold it till they take it. I don't know many many people that would do that. Yeah. So when That's end awesome. of May, we come out of our first lockdown in New Zealand, we're just processing it as a leadership team at Furnace. And really, we just concluded, this is stupid. It's, whose ship is it? Who's doing? Marty's already in there leading it. Our community's falling in love with it. Why don't we just take it on? So one of the most wild Zoom calls, me and Josh Cole, our leader at Furnace, and uh, Brett and Karen Curtis, the leader of Ships Kona, got on a Zoom call, just the four of us. And Josh just presented this, hey, we're starting to wonder. And... Uh, we're just saying, why won't Furnace's hands up? We'll take it. We'll receive the ship. And dear Brett and Karen threw their hands in the air. I'll never forget it. And they just said, we've been waiting for this. Have it all. Take it. Literally three months later, July 31st, 2020, they resigned. Their whole board resigned. Pushed it across the table to me over Zoom and said, take it. It's yours. So August, I gathered three people uh, around the board, one uh, two of them being YWAMers, one being a, a close friend who's a kingdom business guy here in Tauranga and formed a board around the four of us. And honestly, from that moment on, just the favour on it just took off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. Real good case study for me in understanding good governance and how good governance produces favour and when a vision's actually planted in the soil where it, where it's based how much the Lord just is able to breathe on that then. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Learned a lot about that stuff, like how good governance and good oversight and good alignment within the laws of the land, but also biblical truth, how much God smiles on that. And I think for our, for us, just in my journey and you know, 20 some years in missions and Christian missions is really just understanding we've got to honor the laws of the land, but we've also got to honor the God of the Bible and the principles oh, yeah. in the word of God. Yeah. But we, we operate in the laws of the land as well, and we've got to operate beyond reproach, above reproach. But we've got to honor the Lord in all of it mm. and put him first. Mm. And so it's just been amazing watching how we've done both to the best of our abilities, yeah, how God's just smiled and just breathed on it.
That's awesome. Mm. It's the culture of honor being displayed right there, isn't it? Hundred percent, bro. So good. Mm. Absolutely. So you talk about uh, you sort of shared honor as you were sharing a little bit about the early beginnings of mm. what what YWAM ships Aotearoa is. Uh, and you talked about what was it empowering a healthy future, future. for the Pacific, absolutely for the isolated. What, yeah, absolutely. What do you mean by that? And how does that play out practically? Yeah, I think it's it's been this journey of learning how you know the Bible speaks about it a lot. How God sees the isolated. You know, Matthew twenty five, one of these great chapters of the Bible, where he he talks about you know when you clothed me, you know when you fed me, when you you know, visited me in prison. Yeah. And the person in this parable Jesus is saying is like, when did I ever do that? And then Jesus says, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And just there's so many Bible verses like that where God really makes it clear. He sees the unseen, like mm. he sees the isolated. Yeah, you know the truest form of religion. James tells us is to care for the widows and the orphans. And I think some ways in our evangelical Christianity we've lost a little bit of that. Mm. The the expression of the compassionate heart of God. And so for the ship, we've just been on this journey of doing that. Um, so empowering a healthy future is about helping lift people up out of their situation into a healthy, holistic health. Yeah which to me is all about realigning with their true identity, created in God, to know God. So helping people see that, but bringing them into that through actually physically meeting their practical needs. Totally. So one of the cool stories in this that's become really central to who we are now, which we I don't think we fully appreciated at the start. Yeah. Uh, early 21, 2021, we were in a board meeting. I think it was in January or early February. And we just got a little pessimistic and we just said, man, the ship's not going to the Pacific this year. Like it, New Zealand was still locked down with no hope of opening up. Yeah. The Pacific was more locked down. So there's no way we could go anywhere. Totally. So I, I just said to the board, what are we going to do? And as, as a board, we just got really vulnerable and said, right, yeah, our funders aren't going to keep funding an asset not doing anything. So what, what can we do? And that's where our, uh, our – she's now a director, a board member, but at that point she was an advisor on the board – uh, retired dentist, Dr. Sue Cole, her and her husband, Dave, have, you know, they're senior leaders in YWAM, real global the elders champions. in the mission. Yeah, heroes. They're my YWAM mum and dad. Yeah. So Sue's in our meeting and she said, well, I've got a thought. Um, you know, she was a career dentist, so she flowed in and out of YWAM physically herself, although her husband's been full-time serving in the mission for 45 years. I know that because he joined YWAM when I was born. Yeah. So I know what year he joined because it was 1978. <laughs> so um, so she, you know, led the family, served you know, the kids, and then on the side worked as a dentist and just had seasons of flowing in and out of that. Now retired. But she said, hey, I know there's dental needs in, in the Bay of Plenty. What if we looked locally? Could we do something? And essentially as a board, we went, go figure it out, Sue. Like, go see if we can do it. And the incredible thing is less than four months later, we were serving our first patient in Welcome Bay, in partnership with Whaoranga, beautiful Māori Hawara, Māori Health Service in Welcome Bay, which at that point was like two and a half kilometres down the road from our ship office and our YWAM base, uh, like literally down the road from where everything we did was centred around. Yep. And we started serving our first patient. By day three, we, we committed to a five-week uh, pilot programme. We called it a pilot programme because we weren't the experts. So we were like, let's just try it, see if it works. Yeah. By day three, we had a waiting list for that five weeks of hundreds of people. And me and Sue just looked at each other and we just went, we've got to carry on. We can't stop. So that team, you know, praise the Lord. They're actually doing a clinic this week in the east coast of 
the North Island in Takaha this week, Eastern Bay, down to Rotoria next week, down to Gisborne the week after. We've passed over 3,000 people now that we've served in those That's clinics. Nice. And the, one of my favorite stats, it's over 2,100 hours, 2,100 hours of volunteer dentistry. That's amazing. And it's getting close to $2 million in free dental services. That's wild. Wild. And what it's done is actually connected our hearts to what the Bible would say the least, you know, the broken, the isolated, mm. the forgotten, the underserved, whatever term what we've discovered is really beautiful people that just needed help yeah. and couldn't access it. Yeah. And as we've been led by the Lord into that, it's opened up this whole world that's been wild. So our team just in the last several weeks were in Auckland partnering with some dentists up there, mm. uh, churches and local ministries, the Dental Association for the Auckland region, and they provided two weeks of services, mostly focused on the refugee community in Auckland. Yeah. Oh, the stories they came back with. What was Ron's story? About the guy from Gaza. Oh, okay to tell that one. I don't remember the details, but basically he just he'd come out of that area within the last five weeks yeah. before coming to the clinic yeah. and with all the trauma of just what that world was like. And yeah, I don't remember the details. Yeah. I haven't really sat still much in the last five weeks. Totally. So I don't remember too much. I, I just I remember the basics oh, of it's it wild. Ron just said he was talking with this guy who came out of yeah, out of Gaza, obviously mm. the massive conflicts going mm. on over there. And Palestinian Muslim man, and they were talking about Jesus the whole time he yeah. was uh, treating this man, or, or yeah. you know, counselling him after the his dental work. Yeah, because we all need counsel so after open. dental work, don't we? Oh man, yeah, yeah. It was in some form of the process before or after, and it just had this amazing conversation. Yeah. The door is just so wide open for people. And I it? think they served. It was around two hundred and thirty people. Yeah. In the two weeks, and I think the common comment was for the majority of patients they saw, most of them had never heard the name of Jesus. Wow. But because of how we, how the team worked, and the team are phenomenal, they're superheroes. Yeah. Just love the heck out of them, serve them, pray for them, just sit with them. Like got, like Ron, who you've mentioned, Mark, mm. some of these guys, Robbie, Julie, they just are so kind, some of the most kindest people in the world. I don't know how we get to work with such amazing people, James, oh, but geez, we do. Yeah. And then obviously when you serve, when you meet people at that level of need, you know, they were getting hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of services for free. Yeah. Which is so inaccessible for most of the people they were treating because of who they, you know, their refugee status where they're coming out of. And that naturally opens the question, why are you guys doing this? And that's where it's the beautiful opportunity just to say, well, it's the love of God that motivates us. Mm. You know, it's that foundational belief, which in YWAM we enshrine in one of our legacy words called the Christian Magna Carta, which is that we believe everyone should have access to the basic necessities of life. Yeah. And the mission call has to involve the Bible, evangelism, church planning, Christian education, but it actually should also involve acts of compassion. Totally. Where we help people get what they need. They should be able to have a place to sleep, food to eat, mm. the ability to access those things. And so, so that's beautiful. really the driver for us as YWAM ships is actually leading with this beautiful, extravagant compassion that just opens that natural door of conversation. Yeah. It's been wild, bro. So those dental clinics has been, it's blown me away, constantly blown away mm. by that. And you tell the stories and people are like, oh, where was that? Was that in Africa? Where was, was that in the Pacific? No, that was in Tauranga. Yeah. No, that was in uh, Rotorua. No, that was actually in Auckland. Mm. 
No, that was in South Waikato. They're like, serious? So literally we just heard this week of some person with our in Eastern Bay, 17 teeth extracted. Wow. I think the highest we've had in the Pacific was nine on the ship. So here, that was 17 this week. A couple of years Seriously. ago, it was 22. One elderly gentleman got 22 teeth extracted. How many teeth do we even have? <laughs> I've asked that question. I know it's more than 22. I think it's like 24, <laughs> 26, somewhere like that. Caleb behind the camera says 26. 26 He's much smarter than me. So Some dentists can fact check us. There. Yeah. Apologies <laughs> if we're wrong us. on that. <laughs> it's more than 22. I, I, I know that for a fact. That, that's a lot of teeth to be pulled out in one session. That's wild. So then when mm. did the ship first deploy? So rode through COVID, the storm of COVID. Yep. COVID. Dental, local dental, dental outreach yep. was established. Yep. Still running now, which is amazing. Yep. And then. So 21, we're in February 21, we're in Wellington. So 21, we launched the, the dental, June 21. Ma March 21, we have to go to dry dock again. So we go down to Littleton. Uh, and then we do a port tour where we go through a little bit in Littleton, but then Nelson Wanganui into Wellington, and we do a five-week, six-week, whatever it is, tour of just letting the public come see the ship and hear the vision. So we end up three weeks in Wellington. So in preparation of that, February, I'm in Wellington with a small team. We're meeting with a beautiful couple, Fijian couple, uh, Josh, uh, Joshua and Losalini Tuweta. Josh is the second secretary at Fiji High Commission in Wellington. So both seasoned YWAMers, Losalini's a bit of legend. She's a legend in the mission. And so, um, yeah, so we, we're sitting there meeting with them in the High Commission. and it just But we're not talking about Fiji. We're talking about the ship coming to Wellington. And so uh, basically Josh says, hey, have you thought about coming to Fiji? And I was like, nah, not even. And I said, Josh, tell me why. Why should we, why, why should we consider Fiji? And the honest... The only way I can describe it, bro, is as he starts talking about Fiji and the needs, and the, especially in the Maritime Islands, it was like Jesus physically walked into that conference room there in the High Commission in Fiji, the Fiji High Commission in Wellington, and I just started having this encounter with the Lord as he's talking about Fiji. And I don't really remember what he said. I just remember what I was feeling. And by the time he finished talking, I just said, bro, we'll come to Fiji. Open the door. So that started a, a, awesome. a really long, nearly 16-month journey of trying to work through the Fiji diplomatic channel to open the door. And, and then YWAM Fiji really jumped on board, and so they actually opened some doors. So finally the ship went up the end of July 2022. Mm. And even when the ship left Tauranga, we still didn't have all the right permissions in place at that end. So I, as they left, I was here, I waved them by, I said, I'll meet you up there. So I flew up and just said, okay, God, you've got to open the right doors this week so when the ship arrives, it's all good. And I just had this wild week of meetings where by the end of that week, all the doors had opened. So when the ship finally arrived in Suva, we held this opening ceremony, welcoming ceremony, I guess you would say. It was hosted by the Fiji police. Their national band or two main national bands were present to sell, you know, kind of do the celebration. Yeah. Um, the permanent secretary for health, Dr. Fong, who's just a wonderful gentleman, he was present. New Zealand High Commission was represented. We had this phenomenal time. The head of the Methodist Church for Fiji was there. National TV in Fiji was there. Like yeah. we weren't from nothing to like <laughs> we were the six o'clock news that yeah. night on TV. Like their TV cameras went through the ship. So, you know, literally Fiji got taken on a video tour of the ship that night on the news. And, Amazing. And that just shocked us. So we'd served for three months up there. We helped a few people. 
Um, but honestly, our, our heart posture last year was to go and learn. We didn't want to go as experts. We yeah. weren't experts. Yeah. We knew we could deliver dentistry because we'd done it here. Yeah. So that gave us confidence to say we can come and do dental work. And then we'll learn the other side of it. And yeah. so we did a lot of dental work last year and then a lot of learning and some capacity building and training with health workers in the villages. But really it was we want to go listen and learn and then come back and apply what we've learned so this year we could go again better. So our theme for 23 this year was to go again better. Mm. Take what we learned, yeah. do more. And what's astounded me, bro, is we actually served between four and five times as many people this year as we did last year. That's wild. We did more outreaches this year. Last year we did four. This year we did seven. Last year we did seven weeks. This year we did 13 weeks of actual outreach in Fiji from the ship. Last year we served about 1,600 to 2,000 people. The numbers are a little bit iffy, probably more like six. It was about 1,000, sorry. It was about 1,000 people we served last year. This year we served just under 3,900 people. Wow. But service-wise, last year we did about two, three, 3,000, 4,000 services. This yeah. year it was nearly 14,000. That's nuts. So those are glasses given away, dental services. You know, they were treated by a dentist. Yeah. Uh, education, a lot of oral health education. We did a lot of programs in schools around that. Yeah. Um, and then basic health checks. Everyone was saw a doctor or a nurse and had a basic health check, blood pressure, blood sugar, uh, and those kind of things. So it's wild. It was ins- it's it's extraordinary, bro. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. What was uh what were some of the stories from this latest outreach? Uh, do you remember the one of the lady who had a dream? What was the one yeah, I was hearing? So that was outreach, that one yeah, there was outreach six. So that was in Boer province in the north in Vanuolevu, like the southwestern area of Vanuolevu. So we came into this island. I don't remember what village or island it was, but it was in Boer province. Uh, this lady had had a dream like seven years previous about a ship coming in. When the ship would, the ship coming, the people from the ship were going to come and bring revival to their village. Wow. So she started gathering some of the, the mamas in the village every week for that seven years, praying for revival to come. Seven years. Mm. Six or seven years. I've heard it both numbers. So yeah, yeah. we'll say six years just Long to time. be safe. Yeah. Long time. Gathered, praying. So the night before we arrive off at anchor from their village, she has another dream about this white ship coming in. So our ship is part white, part blue. The hull is blue and the superstructure is white. And so when our crew came to the island, the village headman brought the team to see this lady. Oh, she's been waiting for you. And suddenly they get pulled into this prayer meeting. (laughs) Just amazing confirmation. Uh, And we've seen that before. Like last year we did a sevu-sevu, which is their kind of like a pōhiri, their protocol process. Yeah. How you start in, into a village, into a community. So we did that with a chief on Mali Island, which is a small island in the north of Fiji, just yep. north of Vanuolevo, out from Limpasa. And so we're on there sitting with the chief in their Talanoa session, and I'm sitting beside the chief. And so we do the formal part all in a toke and Fijian. So when it's finished, the chief turns to me and he said, Marty, let me tell you a story. I said, oh, please, Ratu, please tell me a story. And so he said, you know, ten, you know, many years ago, he said, many years ago I was in Lambasa town I ran into this team of the Tongans and Samoans, and I quickly realized they were a YWAM team. I was like, oh, okay, awesome. It's great, Chief. And he said, yes, so I invited them back to my village. Come, Would you come stay with us in our village and just be with us? And they, they said, yes, sir, we'd love that, Chief. Come, we'll come with you. So he said, oh, why they were with us? They stayed for a couple of weeks. He said, one of the leaders of the team said, you know, Ratu, would you, would you like to have a, a YWAM ship come here and serve your people? You know, with medical, dental stuff. And he said, oh, I would very much like that. 
Then he said this amazing statement. Like we'd literally that afternoon arrived at anchor off from his village, off his island. And we only moved to that island that where that anchorage point because where we had been in the Motherwatsa province, we'd served everyone. We had no one left. So literally it was a logical decision. Let's go where there's people we haven't served yet. Yeah. So there was no profound insight. Go yeah, here. Yeah. There's someone waiting for you. You know, like with nothing like that. <laughs> That's that Super, no, so, so non-spiritual. Yeah. And so the chief says, Marty, I've been waiting. It's been 10 years, but thank you for finally coming. I just sat there and went, holy smokes. Literally, we're the answer to Ratu's, the chief's prayer from 10 years ago. Wow. So that night over dinner, I shared, because literally we get there, there was a couple of people saying, oh, I can get this, I can get these people, and none of that worked out. Yeah. We've learned in Fiji, things can change quite quickly. It's, it's a it's a great exercise in learning to trust the Lord. Yeah. So yeah. at dinner that night, you know, our clinic coordinator at the time, she was a little bit upset because stuff hadn't worked out. I said, hey, I've got a great story for you guys because we'd just got back at dinner time. Yeah. And I sat with them and over dinner I shared this story. Hey, this is literally a story that the chief of Mali just shared. And so now half the team are crying because they're just blown away by the faithfulness of God yeah. and the leadership of Jesus. And in the next two days we got to serve everyone on Mali Island. That's wild. Everyone. So cool. There wasn't many people. That's but we got amazing. to serve all of them. Yeah. So the chief's wish got answered. Doesn't that just amaze you? Like, God so cares about, you know, for the joy set before him, he, he, so he endured cares. the cross. And that joy was, you know, Mali Island. Yeah. The people of that the island. The people of that island. Yeah. Or Kawaiwa, where we spent a lot of time last year. Like, a hundred and some people live on Kawaiwa. It's amazing. It was incre just incredible being there, knowing God's compassionate desire for that. You know, you look on the globe, it's not even a dot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a microscopic yeah. dot. You have to have a mic something microscope to see it. Yeah. But in God's eyes, he sees it. That's wild. That's amazing. Because we all as missionaries, we hear about the unreached in the Middle East and the 1040 window and the great needs. I mean, the you know, billions that have never heard the name of Jesus. And we pray for that, you know, at Furness, we pray into that all the time, mm -hmm. right? And we've sent teams into those regions and we've sent long-termers into the unreached. Yeah. But then you look in our backyard in this region of the Pacific that New Zealand is a part of the Pacific and go, man, the needs aren't the same quantity, but the needs are there and the, the isolated people are there. Mm. It was actually really cool in that area when we went to Mother, uh, Mother Water when we came in at anchor on the ship. I actually wasn't there at this point. Um, but the feedback we got um, from the chief's daughter on Kavewa, uh, who became real good friends. Uh, she was actually our, one of our connections into that area. That's yeah. a whole other story. But her daughter, so the granddaughter of the chief from Kavewa, was watching as the ship came in, Wawa and Koha came into their harbour and anchored off from their island. She said, Mummy, look, something like Jesus has just come to our, to our village. I'll never forget that story. Like, because to me, what I'm realizing with the ship is the ship is amazing and the services we provide are, at some level, transformational. Yeah. They definitely have a significant impact. But actually, what I love about the ship ministry is everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Like, that you can break the chains of isolation yeah. and the hopelessness that comes with isolation. Isolation. Just by anchoring off a village where no one goes. Because mm. Kaveh, where no one goes. Like, there's mm. no tourists that go. It's beautiful. Tourists should go. But no one goes in that area. Yeah. 
It's a small group of people. Most of them travel down to Lombasa for work and it's incredible people. Uh, but to just be anchored there, this little girl went, look, hope has just arrived. Man, I can give my life for that stuff. So good, man. You know, dealing with rust on a ship and mechanical issues and all that stuff that goes around all that. It's just part of the thing. You deal with all of that. But yeah. it's those stories that keep us going. Yeah. I'll tell you one story from our last, very last outreach, which I this is like last week, an update we got last week. Yeah. So we go into uh, Somo Somo in uh, Yasawas on Naviti Island. It's a beautiful village. We end up there for five days, have a phenomenal time. Somo Somo, beautiful place. There's another village just one bay around called Nunu. So we serve in that area for about five days. So two stories from this village. One was we had four yachts come with us that week. So we scaled our operation by having yachts with us. Mm. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So we had 54 people that week on outreach. Wild. So we had a whole DTS team from Furnace. We had Yachts for Life. Our dear friends from Yachts for Life were there with two yachts, 10 people. And we just cut those guys loose. Just go. We want everyone in the village to be talked to, prayed for, ministered to. And then we'll have dental clinics. So two days that week, we had three so full dental clinics and health clinics running in three separate locations on that island. It was wild. Wow. Like our capacity to serve was awesome. Yeah. So we served what I mean, just under 3,900 people in 13 weeks. That week, one of 13, we served 1,000. Sorry, that week we served about 660 people in that one week. Wow. It was wild. So this one guy, the, the Yachts for Life team, were cruising through the village doing stuff, and they saw this guy with one arm trying to build a structure. I think he was building an outdoor toilet. And so they stopped and said, bro, can we help you? What are you doing? What happened to your arm? So it turns out he'd had a fight with a dog shark or something, a shark, and lost mm. his arm. Wow. <laughs> so experienced fisherman is out fishing, spearfishing, lost his arm. Yeah. So here he is trying to build a external toilet for his family. So the next three days the team just went, mate, we'll come help. So they spent three days just helping him, a couple of builders in their team. So they built, did all the work for him. That week we had a, a gentleman come with us, a doctor who's originally from India but lives in New Zealand now. Uh, he was with us that week. Um, and he's a phenomenal guy. He's got lots of networks, did lots of stuff, services, outreach stuff in Fiji before moving to New Zealand. Yeah. And so somehow he got connected into the story. So one of his connections through his work in India before moving to New Zealand was with an NGO out of America who specialize in making prosthetic limbs for people in isolated places. And so Dr. Damo was like, get him an arm and so he sits me down marty i've met this guy I've, I've talked with him and i've got this connection i've talked with them they're keen to do this i can get him an arm what do you think it's not a question you often get asked right have you ever been you, asked that can James? you give a guy a hand yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i can give you a round of applause or you need slap on the back but literally so i can get him an arm yeah i was like bro go for it give it a rip I said, but I've learned in Fiji, you've got to go through the right channels. So talk to this person and this person and this person. But man, absolutely. So that was, I will say that was October 11th. Yeah. So we're talking four and a bit weeks ago, right? I get a photo last week, this guy trying on his new arm. <laughs> That's wild. That's amazing. I don't know how that all came together so quickly, <laughs> but the bro was like, I've got it. I've he did some 3D scan of his arm, sent it to them. They make it, sent it to Fiji. I think it landed with the village nurse, this beautiful Fijian nurse called Mala, who was the village nurse for that area. 
And so she was able to then help. That's insane. Do you know, was it like an aesthetic arm, like just for looks or was it like... I think it has some level of functionality. Yeah. So it can grab. Hook or something. It has something like a little pinchy thing so he can hold things kind of. But that was amazing. Doesn't that just summarize like that, like you mentioned, tip fare tapa far, like the holistic hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I just love it, and we'll give you an arm. I love it. I love it. Right. We'll give you a hand and an arm. Because the other thing would be, oh, we're too busy serving people. We can't build you a toilet for you. We're only dentists. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Like it's not our. Oh, you're building a boot. Oh, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. But to me, isn't that the essence of what Jesus did? Totally. Everywhere he went. And that's one thing the Lord spoke to us this week, which will lead into my next story. Yeah. That week he spoke to us one morning about on the way miracles. And he said, don't be so focused today on going from A to get to B and not pay attention on the journey from A to B. Mm. He said, because I want to I want to move on the way. Mm. And of course the classic is, you know, was it in Matthew, Mark 8, Luke 8, where Jesus, you know, the lady with the issue of blood gets healed as yeah. Jesus is walking to go raise this young lady from the dead, right? Yeah. So the on-the-way miracles. So he spoke to us about that or spoke to me and my wife. So I shared that with the team that morning. We shared it with the team at our 8.30 a.m. prayer meeting where we all gather on the deck of the ship. Like, let's just be believing for this today. So really cool story. I'll try and tell it really quick there's so many layers to it. But we're in Somosomol. So it was a Tuesday. We were going around to Nunu, the, the other village around the bay, just to do the Sevu Sevu and get set up to go. We wanted to do a clinic there on the Thursday. So we're preparing for two days' time. So we go over there and the village health worker, uh, Mala, comes with us. She's like, I know the chief. I'll make sure we get the right person for the service server. And then we wanted to meet with the primary school principal. There was, the primary school for those two villages was in Nunu. So we had to go meet the principal there to set up to come to a clinic in the school. So mm-hmm. she's like, I know the principal. I'll introduce you. But then she said, but while we're there, there's a lady that just had a stroke. And so I want to go see her. So I'll introduce you to the primary school principal. Then I'll go see this lady. So she she dragged one of our doctors. We had this lovely Scottish doctor who's now in, in Australia called Dr. Anne, who's just the loveliest lady. And if you're listening, you're lovely. Um, so Anne came with us. So we cruised. We did the service survey, and then we were walking to the school. And this is I love Jesus, right? We're literally walking to the school. But on the way to the school was the lady's house. So we stop. We stop it on the way to the school. We stop at the house. So there's about five of us sitting outside. My wife, Candace, my youngest son, Izzy's there, Nate, uh, Hannah, and Seta, our Fijian guy. Sorry if you don't know those names. Some of our core crew are there with me. So we're sitting outside waiting as the nurse and the doctor inside mm. treating the lady who just had a stroke. Yeah. So about 20, I think we're there for like 30 minutes waiting. So about 20 minutes in, I say to the guys, hey, I wonder, is this the on-the-way miracle? Does Jesus want to heal this lady? Guys, I think we need to go pray for it. And Seta, who is Fijian, he's actually from Yasawas. He's actually from this island, not Come this on, village, Seta. but he's from the south side of this island, a beautiful village called Soso. Yeah. So I was like, but Seta, you got to lead us, bro. You're the local, but I think we need to go pray for it. He's like, yes, Seta, let's do that. We will we'll do that. So a few minutes later, Dr. Anne comes out. So I lo- we love Dr. Anne. Uh, she's just a beautiful lady. She came out and said, hey, guys, here's the deal. This lady's really sick. And uh, she's not going to make it. And there's no point taking her because the, the main hospital from there is five, six-hour boat ride and, you know, lots of complications in that. She said that would kill her. So family's committed to basically make her comfortable and nurse her through to her death. So the family's asked that you'd come in and just sit with them and pray with them, but that's what you're coming into. And I just went, you know what? I feel like there's a different story here. I think God wants to... That's not God's narrative over this situation. 
So I just looked at the team and said, come on, guys, let's go pray. But let's pray for a miracle. So we walk in, we sit down. Honestly, my eight-year-old couldn't stay in the room. Like she she kind of looked dead. Like just walked in this dear, dear old lady. Auntie's just lying on her bed, like not really able to move. Like she's the f- still pretty fresh from the stroke, so just like mm-hmm. stuck on the bed, not moving. The family's on the floor weeping. It was not a pleasant situation. Yeah. Like literally my eight-year-old just stays outside because he's like, I can't be like, which is fair enough. So in the end we sit down and I just share with the family, hey, um, I just want to share something. And so I shared that word, hey, this morning in prayer, this is what the Lord spoke to us. And I just wonder if actually what the Lord wants to do is heal your mum, your auntie, your grandmother. Are you okay if we pray for her? Does she believe in Jesus? Yes, yes, she loves Jesus. And you all love Jesus? Yes, yes. Okay, well, let's pray. So we laid hands on our auntie and we started praying and we sang some hymns over her, some Fijian hymns and... Um, Oh, I would, you know, I'd sing those hymns for you, Jimmy, but it wouldn't sound very good. So <laughs> we'll just leave that as that. Um, no, Marty. No, we've tried that, bro. In heaven, I'll sing those hymns. But uh, <laughs> and uh, honestly, nothing happens. And then last person, finally, my son Izzy can come in and he prays over her Jesus name. Uh, Lord, would you heal her? And we leave with nothing happening. So this is a Tuesday around lunchtime. Yeah. So don't hear anything more. We're just busy the rest of the week. Friday evening, we do the celebration thing in the village in Somersomo. Because we're leaving early the next morning, end of outreach, we're done. So they wanted to do this big farewell celebration. Thank you for coming. It was really cool, really beautiful. So I saw the dear nurse, Mella, in the village that evening at dinner. And she said, Marty, we did a house visit today for that for that lady. I was like, what lady, Mella? You know, the one we, we prayed for because Mella was in the room with us. Mm, mm. And uh, I was like, oh, how is she? Because in the back of our minds, we're always thinking, how is she? But yeah, we just yeah. got so busy, we never had time totally. to ask. She said, Marty. She's awake, she's communicating, she's moving, she's doing way better. I think she's going to make it. Wow. Then she said the statement, she said, Marty, Jesus heard Izzy's prayer. (laughs) Yeah, part of me went, hang on, I pray too, like, (laughs) (laughs) But I just went, man, God, you're so good. Yeah. And I just love, like that week we served hundreds of dental patients. Mm -hmm literally hundreds of dental patients, hundreds of optometry patients, hundreds of glasses were given away. Bibles were given away. People got prayed for. But that week, one guy got an arm and a toilet built for him. And this lady literally got prayed off her deathbed. That's wild. And I just thought, man, what an awesome week. Yeah, man. And the coolest thing was I got to do it with my family. Totally. It was amazing, bro. So good. Living the dream. That's that is the dream, man. Mm. And for your kids to for Izzy to experience that, and yeah. to have that as a testimony, you know, eight year old, yeah, little dude that he is, and now, yeah, you know, that's gonna seal Huge. something in his heart. Remember, we we took Caleb with us, our son. Oh yeah, when he was two and a half, yeah, and we prayed right. for a blind lady. She gets healed. Yeah, and he still recounts that. We was does he the, the blind Bartimaeus story the other day? Oh, he's like that lady in Fiji. Come on, bro. You know, like that marks someone. That's, that's what you so want, good. eh? Yeah, it's wild. So, bro, tell us, where, where is the ship right now? Bring us into the now yeah, story. You've told the us the story. the story up until now. Oh. Where are we at? And I, I, I do want to land with some hope as well. Where yeah, are we going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always hope, bro. Um, yeah, so the glory of it is we finished the outreach. We did our seven outreaches. And literally two days later, we discover that the ship is mechanically dead. Uh, lots of story under that, but most people won't care about the detail. Um, but essentially, the engineers declare the ship incapable of moving. It has to 
urgently get out of the water into dry dock to repair. So essentially the, the tail shaft bearings, the main bearings in the tail shaft are dead, to use a technical term, shagged. Like absolutely munted. So for our international audience, uh, not usable. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it just is this massive curveball, more like a nuclear bomb. Like we're yeah. just coming off the high of this incredible yeah. season of outreach where everything's just been pumping and things have been awesome. Boom. And so suddenly now we're looking at the situation of our ship stuck in Fiji. It can't go anywhere. Can we dry dock it in Fiji? Where can we dry dock it? So it's been a wild last four weeks. Yep. Um, so Tony Fish, our technical director, who's just flipping brilliant. Geez, I get to work with the most amazing people. Eh? It's awesome. I am definitely the least of when it comes to the team I work with. Eh? <laughs> Shoot. So Tony gets on a plane, flies up there, and basically within a few days of just because Fiji's a, a visit, you know, you got to be face to face eh, for anything to happen in Fiji. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he basically within days, dates open up at a floating dry dock right there in Latoka. The ship's in Latoka. The dry dock's right there in Latoka because there was no other options available. And actually the dates work out perfect because it was going to take about four weeks to get the parts, six weeks to get the parts to Fiji, the new bearings and seals and everything we needed to make the repair. Yeah. Then we're also already supposed to do another dry dock. We were already booked in in January and back down in Littleton to do dry dock, the midterm survey. Again, yeah. that every you know every two and a half years you got to do it so basically what we're doing is we're going to do it all together in one time get the repair made get all that what we need to do with midterm survey the hull painted again just going to do it all up in fiji yeah um so you know make the most of a bad situation totally. essentially so like they say when the good lord gives you lemons you make lemonade right <laughs> so we're just going to make a buttload of lemonade yeah so we finally last early a boat last load, week. Literally, the boatload, literally, um, sugar free though, of course. <laughs> but uh, that was just for my wife; she loves that. Anyway, Put good. A bit of honey in. Oh, love a bit of honey. Yeah. So we just last week, once the dates finally got locked in, we got the quote for what the repairs and then the the all the work was going to be. It was came in at right around three hundred grand New Zealand. So now Ooh. we sit back and go, whoa. Sorry, it was about two weeks ago we got there. We're like, what do we do? So I sent an email out to a few. There's a group of people, about 100 people that are just people that have journeyed with us. They're yeah. either seasoned YWAM leaders that are really connected to, the, to to my family and this our community, just people that I consider prayer people. So I sent out this email just saying, hey, this is the situation. Just pray for us. Yeah. We had about 100 grand set aside because, you know, we knew this was coming up. So we'd been setting money aside for it. So we hadn't been negligent. But we didn't have 300 grand. We're yeah. 200 grand short, right? Yeah. So about just 10... Just a minor shortfall. Yeah, minor shortfall. It's just all ones and zeros, eh, at some point. <laughs> but yeah, my, massive shortfall. So out of the blue, our platinum partner, Trinity Lands, who, geez, we could do a whole podcast on Trinity Lands. These guys have been phenomenal. Yeah. It's incredible ministry. Their mission is to grow, grow to give. You know, so they have dairy farming. They do dairy farming. They do very grow kiwi fruit, and then they give away a large percentage of their profits to charitable entities in New Zealand. So God was so kind when, you know, nearly three years ago they came on board with us. And they've just been phenomenal, man. Such a blessing to us. Thank you, Trinity Lands. Thank you, Trinity Lands. Thank you, Jesus, for Trinity Lands. Yeah. So Peter McBride, the CEO, who's just become a real mentor and advisor to us, 
he reached out unprovoked um, and just said, hey, I, I read your email. I, we want to help. We'll commit to a $100,000 matching gift. But you have to engage a broader audience. Don't just go to the same people. Yeah. Don't just don't just connect to your same database and ask the same people to give. So it was like a gift and a challenge. And I just went, all right, let's rumble. So I put, quickly put a little WhatsApp group together of some of our more techie media people in Furnace. So Kalepi or Caleb, who does our social media, Nate, who's just an all-round genius, and then some of our smarter people around design, media, video stuff, Lainey, Trevor, Bob, and just went, hey, guys, because I'm in Kona, I'm in Hawaii for Lauren Cunningham's memorial. So I'm actually not even in New Zealand at this point. I'm up there with, you know, representing our community, commemorating our founder, you know, yeah. his passing, which was yeah. both a beautiful and, and emotional occasion. Yeah, Beautiful because, man, what a life I lived. But emotional because, man, what a loss to the body of Christ. Mm. But, yeah, what a legacy, though. So that's where I am. So I text these guys going, guys, I'm not back till Monday night. So Tuesday morning, let's jump in. But, man, can you guys pull together? We've got to launch this campaign. Can you guys come up with a name? We've never done anything like this, right? All our fundraising for the ships always been direct, either email or in-person phone calls, even meeting. We don't even do fundraising events, really. It's just been direct personal. And we've never done a real social media push. So we're like, let's just try it. We'll see if it works, right? Yeah. So Caleb and Nate, the team, gather, and they come up with this beautiful idea concept, and they just jump on it. We're so proud of these guys. Man, they've rocked it. So I jump back in Tuesday, and me and Caleb shoot this video, and um, which was the first time me and Caleb have done a video together. It was brilliant. He did awesome, and he just pulled it all together. And, uh, and then I was like, man, we need to really push this out. So I'd been connecting with this guy in Auckland, a public relations guy called John, but we'd never really had the funding or the, it never was the right moment to really push go with him to, but I was like, man, this is the moment. Like we need to get this out. Yeah. So I contacted my mate John and said, hey, bro, let's run. Let's let's give this a crack. Let's see if this works. So he's like, yep, for this much money, this is what I'll do. I went, bro, lock it in. So we came up with the Save Our Ship campaign. Save Our Ship, you know, just being that, taking on that SOS. Like to, to us, what we needed was we needed to put in our SOS call, help, help us. Yeah. You know, it's the distress call. Like it really was a, it's yeah. an intense yeah. situation, especially totally. cyclone season coming through the Pacific. I mean, did, literally this week there was a cyclone just yesterday that landed in Fiji. Our ship was right in the eye of it, but then it kind of moved and was on the outskirts. But yeah. praise God, nothing happened. Everything was fine. Yeah. But to me, it is such an urgency to get the ship fixed and back home out of that. And for me, it's not the ship, it's the people. I just don't oh, want my our people on the ship enduring stuff like that. Yeah. And I was on radio some, uh, yesterday with one of our national radio stations and the presenter asked, oh, you know, it was you must have been concerned about all the damage and extra repairs to the ship. And I said, brother, I couldn't care about the ship at that point. I was concerned about the nine people on the ship. <laughs> I don't care if the damage to the ship at that point. I want to know my people are okay. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, good point. <laughs> it's like, come on, cuz. It's like you have a car accident. Oh, how's the car? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so so we launched this campaign Monday morning, right? Yeah. And Monday morning early, John sends this press release out that we pulled together. Me, him, and Caleb put this press release together. He sends it out to media outlets. I wake up early, which I normally do on a Monday morning, boom, to this barrage of emails of media people going, we want to do this, we want to do this. 
And one was TV3, one of our main TV stations here. They're like, mm. hey, can we get you on uh, live through Zoom on our breakfast show at 7.50 a.m.? I'm like, it's 6.20 a.m. Whoa, that's a different start to Monday morning than I'm used to. <laughs> and then radio, like Tauranga radio station, we get you on the radio. So my last three days have just been hijacked by dealing with media. Yeah, I think I've done close to eight or nine radio interviews. Wow. One yesterday I was with an Australian program, ABC Pacific. Yeah. Whatever's a crack up. <laughs> um, <laughs> she loved it. I was like, g'day, mate. She's like, oh, thank you. She's like, kia ora. I said, yeah, g'day, mate. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so t- Tuesday morning got to go on TV1 on their breakfast show and talk about it. Affecting your radio voice now. Bro, I mean, this, it just, just, it just confirms. Like, well, like a friend told me, just confirms that the good Lord gave me a radio face. Not a, hey. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Adam. <laughs> yeah, shot, bro. <laughs> Shout out to some of the godly friends in my life. Um, but it's astounding to me the way, you know, public or secular media has taken the story and it's caught, it's caught their attention. Yeah, I mean, literally that eight minutes I was on TV on Tuesday morning, I turned my phone off. Turned it back on once we're finished walking out the door. Over 30 gifts. I think it was 33 gifts were given just wow. in that eight minutes. Wow. So the amazing, the staggering That's thing is wild. like right now, I mean, I've had my phone off the last half an hour, so I don't know what right right now we're at. But yeah. before we started this podcast, we've, we're at 53 or 54% of our funding goal. That's nuts. So the goal is to raise 100,000 to, to yeah, so we get the 100% of the match. Mm. So we, we launched that about... 8 a.m. Monday morning, boom, it just took off because we launched it with the TV show for crying yeah. out loud. I was four minutes on TV3. Yeah. Boom, it starts, gifts start coming in. It's a good way to launch. It's been incredible, bro. And now companies are reaching out going, how can we help? So Some of the good, connections man. we've had and now they're going, man, we want to help with this. We're going to do something. Come on, bro. Uh, it's astounding to me, man. So give us the ask, Marty. What, do, what, what If you could say to anyone listening – not just regarding to, to getting the ship back to New Zealand, but the wider vision. What would you? What are you inviting us into? Yeah, I think that the invitation, man, is an, it's an opportunity to, through, through the love of God, led by compassion, to actually bring the love of God to isolated places and peoples, whether it's in New Zealand through our dental services, Trinity Koha Dental, or through our ship, the Waiwam Koha into Fiji. I mean, we just signed a a long-term partnership agreement with the Fiji government this year. So the door is wide open to serve in Fiji. Uh, I've started to be, you know, praying into, you know, do we need a second ship to start going into places like Vanuatu or Solomon's? Because there's so much need in the Pacific. And what I've seen with the ship, when we lead with the ship in YWAM, it opens up all these doors of favor. And so now the invitation in Fiji isn't just to, uh, continue with the ship. It's actually how can you can you help us with our young people? Can you help us give purpose and identity to our young people? And I just know for us as YWAM, that's what we dream about. Come on, man. So the long term vision really is we want to keep going, we want to keep serving, but we want to start building capacity in Fiji. So it's not just about delivering dental and eye uh, eye service of these things. It's actually now about how do we raise up the next generation of Fijian dentists? Mm. How do we give vision for the next generation of Fijian mariners? So we've already got some young Fijians jumping on with us that want to come to New Zealand and start getting trained, get their maritime tickets going. And, you know, so to, to me, that's capacity building. Now you're making a transformational difference, right? Oh, man. So we want to see that carry on. 
But then we want to grow into the fullness of the vision. How do we help young Fijians coming into their primary identity as children of God so and capture, capture a God vision for their life that actually could release them into something so much greater than they ever dreamt of? Come on. Um, so literally after this call of time with you, I jump on a Zoom call around that with some of my friends in Waiwai and we're dreaming about that for Fiji. What do we do? Because there is, we've met a level of hunger in young people in Fiji for the things of the Lord that is staggering to me. Like they're, they're so longing for something more. So good, bro. So we just want to you know, find the grace in God and the wisdom, get the blueprint of how do we release that? Mm. How do we help be a catalyst for that in Fiji and throughout the whole Pacific? So, I mean, long term, I could see us running uh, multiple ships. I, you know, our ship's a beautiful ship, but it's 55 years old, you know. So yeah. at some point, we need to look at a new ship. And so we've started even a preliminary thoughts around that. But we're starting to go, man, Lord, we need a new ship. The ship's been awesome. How many oh, ships did Adam prophesy over you that time? I think six. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a bit cheeky, eh? I think he prophesied six. So I'm just waiting for Freedom Center to jump on board and sponsor one of those ships. Because once that, I think that'll be the sign. Hallelujah. Could do church on the ship, I suppose. Pro, well. totally, bro. But I think that the, the need is there for that. Come on, man. I mean, I was actually saying to some of our core leaders on the ship a few, few months ago. No, last month, I was like, man, we are, we're like a couple of people away from being able to scale to operate two ships. Like the network of relationships the Lord's giving us is growing Last year we struggled to crew one ship. This year we we had enough people pretty much the whole time to crew one ship. Next year, wow. could we do one and a half ships? You know, in two years' time, could we do two ships? And so I feel like we're like one financial miracle away from actually being able to deliver two ships. Mm. And then I start thinking, could we serve two ships, two nations simultaneously? Mm. <laughs> That's the opportunity. Come on, man. So I feel like we're in this little speed bump moment. We just got to get the ship, get the money raised, get it through dry dock, get it home so it's safe and safe anchorage here in Tauranga Moana. Mm. Uh, I love that Tauranga Moana literally means safe harbor, safe anchorage, because it really is. Yeah. So we just got to get home, let everyone rest, unwind for the summer, and then late Jan we'll wind up again, get ready to go. Ship goes again in May, and we're just going to go serve again. So good, man. Yeah. So for those who want to give, where can they give? Yeah, so we set up a landing page called saveourship.nz, Save Our Ship. Uh, so I I don't know how long that's going to stay up for, uh, but that link will probably just keep, saveourship.nz. So that's an easy one to remember, and just go there and follow the instructions. Come on. Saveourship.nz. That's, that's awesome. the dream. And for those who want to get involved in a practical way, give their time, give their – yeah, practical. Give an arm yeah. to the ship. D literally give an arm. Yeah, well, we need everything, man. We need – we got some upgrades we want to do in this next off-season back home. So we want to upgrade a cabin. We want to convert one space into an ensuite. Uh, so, you know, we need plumbers that would come and do that, real mm. clever cabinet maker type people yeah. that can actually function in a small space on a ship. Uh, we need engineers. Uh, when we're on outreach, we need people that want to just come and clean the ship. Like We need people that will say, hey, for – for, for for six weeks, I'll just come and scrub floors and wash dishes. Totally. Uh, we need people that want to be trained to uh, do the registration in clinics. Yeah. Uh, we need all of the above. So it's an amazing opportunity for people to connect to God's heart for isolated people. So you don't have to be qualified. You no. don't have to 
be a doctor or necessarily a dentist no, to be able to do the no do it's a it's a brilliant work. place my my 12 year old daughter became one of the key people serving in the the land-based dental clinic on outreach seven where she was doing the registrations so she was doing blood pressure checks blood sugar checks and signing registering them for the clinics then she would they would go see the dentist and go see the optometrist or go to the ship if they needed further treatment so my 12th, you know, she turned 13 that week. So she was 13 by the end of the, the trip. So my 13-year-old could get trained to do it. So, so she came home going, Dad, I think I want to be a nurse. I was like, come on. Come on, man. I remember we, when we were youth pastoring, we took some youth on the ship back in 2019 when you guys came to Oh, me. did you? One of our young fellows was like, I want to be a mechanical engineer, a ship's engineer. Bro, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is wild. So I'll have to, uh, he's listening. It's time, man. Daniel. Daniel, come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> Accept your calling, Daniel. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Marty. I know you're Bro. a busy man. So I um, want to honor your time. But for those listening, I hope this has been encouraging. And we would so, we just want to invite you to mm. just pray about what is your part to play. Yeah, absolutely. Could you play a part in either giving financially um, or is this something that maybe God is calling you into to come and give of your time, give of your energy, give of your, what is it? Time, talent, and treasure. That's it. So good. You know, I would just say, just come jump in with us here at Furnace. I mean, to me, what, what we want to be really clear with is the ship is a, it's a ministry of Furnace. It's part of the Furnace yep. family. So just come jump in with us. So good, man. You know, come, you know, if you're someone who's a medical person that wants to do medical missions, come to a DTS and, and be trained in that. You know, get, get your identity really rooted in God, be grafted into the YWAM story, then just jump in with us. Uh, we love to see it. We love to see dentists coming and doing DTS and then serving with us in the dental clinics, both here or on the ship. We'd love to see mariners come do that. I mean, actually to come and be trained for a season in your mission or calling and then serve in your area of passion or so expertise. Good. So, yeah, the wide open invitation. Come jump in with us. Let's, let's roll. There's so much to do. Awesome. Bless mm. you guys. Hope this has been encouraging. See you on the next episode. Thanks.